happiness. It's something everyone wants. A host of different voices claim to know exactly what the secret is. In October General Conference, Elder Choi asked the question, do you want to be happy? And it seems like the obvious answer is yes. But he goes on to share what our part is in finding and receiving truly lasting happiness. Hi, and welcome to Magnify. We are a podcast that helps keep general conference top of mind without adding to your to-do list. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. And I am so excited to learn and be inspired with you. We know life is busy, and we are here to lighten the load by bringing you weekly spiritual reminders that will leave you feeling a little bit better than before. On the Magnify podcast today is guest Janelle Gardner. Janelle is a respiratory therapist, a professor, and a world traveler. Janelle enjoys daily life with a large extended family of 11 nephews and six nieces. It all makes her a great person to chat with me today about the question of finding happiness. Well, Janelle, I'm excited about this conversation. You have mentioned that you have a lot of things that make you happy, including your job, your nieces and nephews, your love of travel, and even that you are the comedian in your family. So what was your response to Elder Choi's question, do you want to be happy when you listened to and read his talk? A resounding yes. Like, isn't that what we all want? I would say, Absolutely. yeah, we all, we all are searching to be happy. Well, you have some very unique life experiences that relate to this talk. And I would love to hear more about that and some of your takeaways. And your first takeaway is that happiness, keeping covenants is a journey. What do you mean by that? Well, in Elder Choice talk, he mentions that if we want to be happy, then we have to keep our covenants. And it's not my my thought was that it wasn't about it's not enough for us to just make the covenants, but that we have to keep them and we have to do that daily. When we when we partake of the sacrament, we renew our baptismal covenant, and part of that is that we we will always remember our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's something that we have to do daily. So what does keeping those covenants look like for you in the everyday? Well, um, I wanted to share one particular experience because I thought a lot about the renewing our baptismal covenant by partaking of the sacrament. When I was thinking about that situation and that we need to do that weekly, I was reminded of a situation that I had when I was in my twenties, I was pretty young and woke up with, woke up one Sunday morning and I just didn't want to go to church. And so I came up with this pretty good plan, or at least I thought it was good at the time. And my plan was that I would sleep in, um, cause I was young, going to school, didn't get to sleep in very often. So I thought that, that's a great plan, sleep in. And when I did get up at my own convenience, whenever that was, that I would make myself a nice hot breakfast. Another thing that I didn't really get often because I was on the go. And then just be able to take the rest of the day and spend it leisurely however I wanted. And before I had really given it too much thought, I rolled back over and went back to sleep and began carrying out the plan. 
So I did wake up eventually. I made myself the hot breakfast and, and those things both seemed delightful, sleeping in and, and the nice hot breakfast. But after that, I started to feel this kind of empty, dark, guilty feeling. And I knew that it was because I wasn't where I was supposed to be. If that feeling had come to me any sooner, like if it had come to me in time that I knew that I could get dressed and get to church and be there in time to take the sacrament, I would have done it. But unfortunately, it was too late for that. And so instead, I found myself back in my bedroom on my knees asking for forgiveness. And at that time, I promised Heavenly Father that as long as I was physically able, I would be in church on Sundays partaking of the sacrament and renewing my baptismal covenants. And that blessing, that decision that day has blessed my life since then. Um, there's occasional times when I might miss a Sunday when I'm traveling, but even then I do my best to, to attend sacrament meeting wherever I am. And um, because I know of the importance and the blessings, the happiness that comes when I keep my covenants. You know, I think that's relatable. I think a lot of us wake up on a Sunday and think, I just really love to lay in bed and not get up or not go do my calling or not go do everything yeah. that's required at church. Church is not always a break and an escape for some of us. Do you ever feel like you talked about the happiness that comes from being on the covenant path, but do you ever feel like that happiness won't come or isn't coming? And what do you do in those situations? I guess I could say I have, I have a lot of experience and I have learned from that experience that I can trust in the Lord. That when I put him first and when I, when I do his work, that he will bless me and that there, there, are, yeah, we all have hard times. We have times when, you know, that, that particular day that I chose not to go to church, I guess you could say I stepped off of the covenant path for a time being. And, and I think Elder Choi talks about that too. He mentions, you know, that, that we all make choices that, that maybe are not as good as, as we should have made, but that we have the opportunity to come back. And I think my, my life experience has taught me that when I choose to stay on the covenant path that I'm blessed. But also we have a, a loving, forgiving Father in heaven that just wants us to come back, even if we have made the decision to leave the path temporarily. Well, I think that really leads us into your second point, which is the Lord knows our needs and desires to bless us. That talking point that I wanted to mention, I had a couple of different experiences where I felt that that a particular calling wasn't necessarily the right time for me. The first one was when I was, I was 25 years old and the bishop called me in and I actually had been serving in the primary and I was in the primary presidency and I was, I was loving it there. I was comfortable in my calling and the bishop called me in and he told me that I had been called to serve as the young women president. I was newly divorced. 
and I felt I felt extremely inadequate and I wondered how I could have anything to offer those young women. I actually told the bishop that he had the wrong girl and he said, I'm actually sure that I have the right person that the Lord has called you to this position. But that if he said, I understand if you need to pray about it and receive your own confirmation, then, you know, please do so. But he said, I I'm confident that the Lord has called you to this position at this time. And so I did accept the call. And I believe that the calling healed my heart. I think often that is a powerful part of callings is it can help heal our heart. But on the flip side, let me ask you this, because I think there are many people and I have been in that situation where I didn't really have a calling where I felt maybe that the Lord didn't see me because I wasn't really being asked to serve. And so I think callings can help heal hearts. But what about those who feel like they have more to give and maybe the Lord doesn't see it or they're not being noticed or valued in their wards? That's that's a hard, a hard place to be. I think my mom actually kind of feels that way right now. She's a little bit older and is not in a place where she can accept a lot of the callings that are out there. But I also feel like it doesn't have to be a calling like that for us to to serve. Even something as simple as ministering. And even if we're not called as a ministering sister, we can still serve and help our neighbors and, and our loved ones. I think that is one of the most important things we can learn is that the Lord is aware of us and that the Lord knows us. And so how do you feel that? How do you find out that the Lord is aware of you? I think I feel it through the promptings of the Spirit. I know, I know God hears and answers my prayers. And so when I have a particular question or a problem, I go to him in prayer. And I know without a doubt that he answers. So how does that affect other aspects of your life, Janelle? It changes everything. When you walk through, the, through this life and you have the help of your Father in heaven, you know you're not alone. And there's nothing you can't face that you can't tackle. And I love when Elder Choi talks about that, that part of the covenant path is having access to God's power. And I need that daily. I need that to be a better teacher, to be a mom, to be a sister, to be, you know, a daughter, whatever that is. I need that enabling power because I can't do some of these things on my own. And, and I think it's not until looking back that I realized, wow, he, strengthened me and broadened my shoulders so that I could carry that load and carry that burden. Exactly. Your comment made me remember of the other time that I was in a calling. I was called to a position where I didn't necessarily feel like the timing was right. My stake president called me in one day and asked me to serve as the stake young women president. I had just started my doctoral program. So my three years as Stake Young Women President would parallel the three-year doctoral program that I was enrolling in. And it all felt so overwhelming. 
that I couldn't, I couldn't possibly do all those things. I was a full-time professor. I was still working part-time at the hospital. I had a busy personal life. And then I was going to get a doctoral degree and serve as a stake young women president. And it just didn't seem like I could do all of that on my own. But when the stake president called me and he said, I know you have a very busy personal life. And he said, all those things are going to happen too. And so I accepted that calling too. And there were times that I was, you know, sitting at the, at the youth service project, or I was in a fireside thinking I should be at home writing a 10 page paper or working on my project or whatever it was. And instead I put the Lord first and he blessed me immensely. Every single time it came time for me to turn in my paper, I, my mom would say, Janelle, how did it go? And I would say, well, it wasn't my best work, but I got it done. And then when it was turned back to me, I got an A. And she said, well, for not being your best work, you're still doing pretty good. (laughs) And at one point in the three years, my aunt said to me, Janelle, you should ask to be released. And my response was, and still is, I can't afford to be released. Like it was my insurance. I was so sure that because I chose to serve the Lord first, that he was making up the difference and he still made it possible for me to do all those things that I had on my plate and learn what I needed to learn from my doctoral program, that I was still able to gain what I needed to gain by serving him. And I think that goes into your last point that I want to talk with you about is you said that covenant keepers bless the lives of others. I have two thoughts along that line. The first one is, again, back to when I was in my doctoral program. And this this thought just actually recently came to me because when I was in my doctoral program, I loved to index and I still love indexing, but I would say that indexing was my favorite way to procrastinate when I should have started writing that 10 page paper or 20 page paper. I, instead of getting right started on it, I would sit down and index 50 names. Wow, that's then, kind of a nice way of procrastinating. I can think of a lot of other things great. I would rather do than indexing. I know, right? <laughs> I know, but that is, I, and you should see like the numbers of indexing that I did during my doctoral program are quite impressive. But anyway, I just recently, like within the last, well, it was, it's been since I read this talk and since I was preparing for this podcast, Family Search sent me an email. And in the email, it said that I had indexed this particular person's name on, I think it was like September 28, 2015. But that sometime in 2022, I don't remember the exact date, that someone had been able to take that person's name to the Ochre Mountain, Utah Temple and do their temple work for the persons whose name I indexed. And that because I indexed that name, it made all that possible. So because I was, and when I was doing it, I wasn't thinking that I was, you know, keeping my covenants. I was, I was mostly just looking for a way to, I don't know, break away from the schoolwork that I should be doing. But because I was doing that, I was able to bless someone else's life and someone else was able to receive the blessings of the temple. Like how cool is that? So cool. 
I loved it. And there are just so many blessings that can come from temple service and family history work. I am so glad there are people like you who like to <laughs> index. <laughs> it's fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it is. Well, here's what I thought when you were sharing that story. I thought, you know, in a way it was something for you to do and it was something for you to take your mind off of your doctorate work and you were able to bless the lives of others. And it just made me think like, maybe mine's not going to be through indexing, but maybe it will be. I'm going to try. Maybe it will be because there's one other way that I wanted to share that covenant keepers bless the lives of others. I really love the scriptures in Mosiah chapter 18 verses eight and nine, where it talks about baptismal covenants that we make to bear one another's burdens that they may be light and are willing to mourn with those that mourn and stand with those who stand in need of comfort. And that when we do that, that we will not only be happy, as Elder Choi reminds us, but that we can bless the lives of others in their time of need. And I have been on the receiving end of that recently. Um, I had a, I lost my little nephew about a month ago. I'm overwhelmed by people who are keeping their baptismal covenant to mourn with those who mourn. And my life and the lives of my family members have been blessed because they kept their covenants. As you were sharing your story, I was just thinking, you know, where can I keep my covenants and bless the lives of others in doing little tasks that might not be my job, but when I'm at the store or when I'm, you know, talking with the friend or when I'm walking the neighborhood, like when, when I'm doing something that I enjoy, there are opportunities for me to bless the lives of others. And I pray every day that my eyes will be open, that I can see those opportunities and and be a covenant keeper by blessing the lives of others. And, and I love how you have shared that that was through indexing for you. And many others have lifted your burden in probably so many different ways. And, and we all have different talents and we all have different skills and abilities. And Heavenly Father wants us to use that to bless the lives of others. So whatever we're good at, can we can we keep our covenants and stay on the covenant path? That's exactly right. So Janelle, as we wrap up this conversation, can I ask you what would be your small and simple challenge for all of us from our conversation today? I just want listeners to take a minute and examine where they are on the covenant path and think about ways that keeping their covenants makes them happy and can bless the lives of others. Such a beautiful challenge and what a great discussion that we can have. And we'd love to connect with all of our listeners. And I know Janelle would love to hear from all of you if we head on over to Magnify on Instagram and let's just hear from each other about how we're finding happiness and how we're keeping our covenants. Mm -hmm.